This episode of Intergalactic Interviews is brought to you in part by Over the Moon Games. Purchase the Fall, available now on PC, Mac, Linux, and Wii U. Blending the best elements of sci-fi creativity, The Fall is being called one of the best games you must play of 2014. Purchase The Fall now on Steam or HumbleBundle.com. Psst, some of us worked on it. Order The Fall today. Buy it now. We were dancing like Swayze. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing out there? Are you aware that this is episode 59 of Intergalactic Interview? They'll know by the end of the episode for sure that it's the 59th episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've done this. We're in the deep waters of episode 59 now, you know? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you have not recognized the other voice with me in the room, uh, I'm here with the angelic sweet sounds of Dominique Frico. Ladies and gentlemen, Dominique Frico, give it up for him. There we go. There we go. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah, you, yeah. Thank yeah, you, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah. Thank you. You like this? Yeah, you like, you like how that went? Yeah, it's going great so far. Yeah, you know what? I didn't even get to mention your several, several mentionable accolades. Are you ready for this? Uh, All right, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, you may know him as the uh, the first third place winner. Uh, no, you the, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how I <laughs> but said that it. makes it sound like I, I want. I was the first person to place third in the peak performance project. Uh, oh wait, you didn't let me finish. The first, the first third place winner of the uh, 2012 uh, peak performance project. Yeah, there you go. That makes yeah. sense, right? That makes sense. Now you're the first third, first third place. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh, you also won the uh, Shore 104.3 Best of BC Award. Uh, he's also fresh off his European tour, and uh, and a birthday as well. So he's been out there just just slanging left and right, just having a great time. Yeah. And uh, he spent about I think we calculated five months on the road this year, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Uh, give it up again for Dominique Frico. Are you gonna like cut in uh, like applause, or are you expecting people to be sitting at home uh, listening to their podcast clapping? Yeah, I think I think most people clap at home. Yeah, I have uh, I've never done a survey, but I would imagine. Okay. I mean, let's be honest. Like, what else are you gonna do with your time? Sitting there twiddling your thumbs there, something. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But how you been? How you been, sir? I've been really good. I've yeah. Been really great. Yeah. I know. As you said, I just got back from Europe. What's going on? Wait a minute. I hear some like fuzzing over there. Hold on. Go oh, sorry. I'm, I'm, scra- I'm fidgeting. Oh, you're, you're fidgeting. fidgeting. That's okay. I just don't want the listeners at home to <laughs> stop clapping and then hear all this fucking, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, but uh, yeah, I went to Europe. Um, yeah, so you got back. What, how was uh, How was it, first of all? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah? It was amazing. I've been to Europe before. I mean, my mother was Swiss, so we visited family all the time as a kid <laughs> growing up and stuff. That's a universal passport. It's a license to it's live. It's good. It's good. It's not part of the EU, but it. the whole time I was there, my very good friend Ben, who I was touring with, kept on saying... Why don't you live here again? Like, yeah. why do you live? Why do Why hmm. do you live in? And uh, my apologies. And That's uh, <laughs> okay. how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> and yeah, so there was four of us. There was four singer songwriters. Uh, we call it. We dubbed it the Folk Road Show. The Folk Road the Show. The Folk Road Show. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we just started out playing, you know, short solo sets, and with the idea that we would end the show with, you know, all coming together and singing a song or two. Oh yeah. And. Uh, so I met them the night of the first show. Okay. I, I knew Ben, but I hadn't met Olaf and Peter. And the first night we went, it was literally, I'd, I'd made them dinner. And then we went to play the show. <laughs> and You're a classy guy. Look at that. And it was, we were like, we played our sets. And then at the very end, what we were standing on stage. Okay, what are we going to play? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. You know, it was just, you, and we're okay. We all know a Neil Young song. Let's play a Neil Young song. And that's where it started. We played one song together. What uh, What song? I think the first night we did Ohio. Mm. I think we did Ohio and Helpless. Oh yeah, okay. Which stayed with us the whole tour. But <laughs> as we as we went on, I mean, after the first week, I think we played another show close by where people who were there the first night came a week later and they were like, "What happened? Like you guys just like the show had turned into us all playing together a lot more. Like by the end of tour, we wouldn't even do solo sets really. We would just play all as a oh, as a like, band, like an ensemble, as an ensemble, right? And what had happened was we just we just started busking everywhere we went to make money and to practice and to like try and bring out people to the show. So we would 
we would arrive in Bern, you know, at noon or 1 p.m. Right. and then go to the old city center and busk for an hour and make, you know, whatever we could, which was usually like, from what I could see, I think people pay buskers more money in Europe or for the most <laughs> part, you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't imagine standing on a corner in Vancouver and making, you know, $150 or $200 in an hour. Wow. Wow. Um, where wow, that would that would happen randomly, you know what I mean? Like we would just attract a crowd and Euros? So like hundred and fifty euros? We would make well I was doing I was doing the conversion, but yeah, we'd oh, okay. like I remember we made like 140, 150 euros one Still, time from Jesus. an hour and a bit of work. You know? So So uh so they're rather generous, but also what was their demeanor like? What were they generally like day to day, like the the patronage that would uh, be flowing through the streets? They I mean I I've they I I think there's a, an enjoyment for life and uh like a an ability and a willingness to sort of just stop and take something in right um that that also you know it translated in the shows and when we went to like usually i find you know i played i played about 30 to 35 shows in europe and they were pretty much all like 95 percent 90s 95% let's say of the shows were the most ideal shows I'd have here where you have like a room full of people and people who are just really into it and, and bouncing energy back at you in a positive like, way and not uh, just talking over your set. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, you get those shows once every three or four or maybe sometimes once every eight shows where you're just yeah. like, wow, that was a great room and that was magical. Like very intimate. Very intimate settings. And, and we just kind of time and time again, we kept on having them over and over and it was like, it's really nice. Well, within a, a genre of, such as yourself, you know, you, the uh, singer-songwriter, acoustic folk mm-hmm. uh, music, um, having to deal with with crowd noise, walla, you know, for those uh, sound recorders out there, mm-hmm. a little walla in the background, people talking and ambient noise, that's a, that's an interesting challenge presented to this particular genre. Because, I mean, most, most genres are drowning out crowds just by sheer amplification yeah. and, and whatnot. Um, how do you... How do you deal with that? Do you have a, do you have any tips, any tricks that you do that you've learned over the years? I always like to engage right away. Like if the crowd's talking, I just did this panel thing a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago, and uh, a lot of people weren't listening to the other members of the panel. And when I got the mic, I just like did some proximity effect and like leaned into the mic and was just like, "Hello," and I, yeah, and, and no, uh, I, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. I think one thing you, I, th- I don't know if you were saying you said engage right away, but I yeah, think, engage right away. I think yeah. if you have a, a talkative audience. Um, if you can get them talking to you, mm-hmm. like if like people call it crowd work in comedy, I believe. Yep. But if you can do like some form of <laughs> what crowd- are you throwing uh, terms? Yeah. Throwing out terminology. Yeah, I'm using jargon now. Yeah. Uh, but if you can if you can get them sort of like responding, like maybe there's a table that's really loud near the front. If you can get one of them talking to you, and all of a sudden the whole rest of the table goes, well, "What's going? Oh, he's." He sees us. That's right. Because I think a lot of the times they they, they, they kind of feel invisible. Mm-hmm. But if you acknowledge that they're there then they they, they all of a sudden they, 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 yeah. they buy in a little bit it's like they have their internet pants on or something yeah and they're like no one can see me yeah, I'm, yeah. exactly <laughs> they're just trolling yeah. under 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 videos and stuff yeah. but i think a big a big part too is that like there's yeah there's totally different methods i mean it depends on how loud the audience is <clears throat> but if it's like a fairly quiet audience but there's just a few people who are kind of being pains mm-hmm. um singing louder doesn't help actually bringing the volume down in those in, in there's cer- certain scenarios where if you bring the volume down, down yeah they realize that they're the loudest sob in the room and they <laughs> feel terrible like they all of a sudden feel awkward and they will shut up you turn up the shame and you yeah. Turn, yeah yeah so you just sort of like or you know I, i've definitely played shows i remember when i started out uh, and i still do like a lot like i'll do an acapella song where i'll get the song the 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 audience stomping and clapping with me. Right. Um, but I used to, I used to start shows with it just to sort of, you know, let, let them know that here I am. And, and this, we mean business. Uh, but sometimes <laughs> I would just save it for like song four or song five. Cause if, you know, you're trying all the different things, it's not working. Sometimes that was a good one to just shut them up. Right, 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 right. And then sometimes you just actually, the best thing to do, um, you can't, if you can't beat them is just to remember that, there are people who are listening to you and are getting affected and you mm-hmm. know are emotionally reacting to what you're giving them. Yeah. You you start thinking like I think ever most most of our minds just go to like dark places where it's just they don't care, nobody's listening. Right. 
I suck or whatever, wherever you're, you know, wherever you go. The artistic mindset. But exactly. Yeah, but yeah. I think, I think more, more often than not, when I've played those shows, I always have to tell myself, look, cause there are people, you know, like there's maybe one, maybe there's one person who's just super into it or like actually pays attention and cares. Mm-hmm. And that's who you're playing to. Cause yeah. they, I mean, they don't really care. I mean, they might be annoyed by the other people, but their, their show isn't getting ruined by a yeah. table at the back who's ch- chattering or yammering or what yammering walla yeah wallowing yeah well wallowing is like sad that's different yeah (laughs) but uh yeah you're right i think it's all part of it's all about paying your dues you know and Mm -hmm. you got to play a whole bunch of those shows and try and beat those crowds yeah now the image we're painting here is that you're you're paying you've been playing like down on your luck saloons or something like that but the reality is you're doing like phenomenally better than that and i i sometimes I, i don't think i don't think that uh you probably had to deal with something like that in a while. Like you're just saying the ideal conditions were met in the European tour that you just came off of. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's 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 always a mixed bag. I mean, you know, I have good friends who, you know, like right. I know the guy. Like, well, I'm not even gonna mention names, but I I have good friends who are big 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 stars here in Canada, mm-hmm. and then they go down the states and they're like not really known. You know what I mean? Like, you can cross the border, you could you can you can drive 50 miles that way while you're like completely well known and you can sell out clubs or whatever it is here and you can go 50 miles that way and nobody knows your name that's right and gives two shits about you yeah. so um it's an I, interesting, I still i yeah. still i still have shows where i'm you know i i i would never have imagined that i'd still be playing but i still got to play them and it well, still happens you're also a very humble person so you know Thank not, you. You're not I putting on airs. Hum- I am one of the humblest. <laughs> <laughs> not putting on airs. Get the irony there? Get yes. It? Get yeah. it? <laughs> you know what? I just recalled right when we were saying that uh, that I remember having a a teacher in high school, I believe. She would always, if the crowd was, the crowd, <laughs> if, the, if the classroom wouldn't stop talking over her, she just kept talking quieter and quieter. And she would just whisper the whole class until human curiosity kicks in that you want to know what she's saying and so you just kind of get more intent and you, you lean in kind of and so i was just thinking how you said that that was a good technique and yeah you know what i think that's that's definitely got to work through the ages for sure that, mm-hmm. that's, that's been uh i wonder how that came out though in our uh in our evolution and genetic evolution because like listening to someone if if words are purely used to communicate things like let's just say on a survival basis like are there enemies close who's going to come take our food do we have enough food like all these like basic things yeah. where shelter and then like some people don't have the uh, ability to say broadcast themselves on the same level as like people that are very small and meek in their voice or whatever and then there's people that are like absolutely and, and can like uh project themselves so well i wonder how that has kind of like shaped itself through our society because especially now we are using so much more of a text-based conversation Mm -hmm. and how that is affecting our ability to evolve our voices because should we be able to do like uh you know like a uh what do they call it two two uh the throat singing you ever see that stuff in uh, like tibet yeah yeah. tibetan throat singing where it's like they uh it's called two t-u-v I can't remember the name of it, but uh, he split like two tones, and you can like make two tones at the same time, like polyphonic, essentially. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Pretty insane stuff. And I'm like, okay, is that the next step for conversation? Like, can we have two conversations going with one voice? Are we a thousand years from that? Are we stunting it by texting? Who knows? These are the questions I wake up with. Wow. Yeah. Here we go. Come wow. on, Dom. These are the questions I wake up with. Bye. <laughs> Let's get back on track. I don't. Here. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's an evolutionary thing. In terms of the the scenario that we discussed, where right. you know the, the teacher who's talking quiet, so that we actually lean in to listen. Well, why is that though? Like, why why is it as? Uh, why do we lean in to listen? In a primitive sense, why? Like, if say the village leader was soft spoken, for whatever reason, how that happens. But if if they were, why we would lean in and listen to it, and human nature gets kind of quiet. Because I bet you you could do that if you talk quiet. If it's weird, because in a in a group setting, someone will will always like intently start listening to you but if it's one-on-one i think almost someone would be like i'm sorry i can't hear what you're saying can you speak up they would make you speak up yeah and then they try you try to speak up but you can't yeah, yeah, yeah. you still can't do it well the, the thought i just had is that we we've we tend to believe that the loudest people are the stupidest that's true yeah so i i don't know i don't, I don't know if that would bring us any closer but there's definitely a stereotype where 
you know, like especially in school or in any social environment, you 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 see the loud and you you immediately think they're drunk or they're just a, a big bumbling buffoon who's just yelling. <laughs> and while we we also see like in in our on our heads, we we think of the academics and they're very you know. They're studious. They're, they're very studious. Yeah. They keep to themselves, and, and when they when they open their mouth to talk, we would maybe assume that they would be quieter. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if that's that's tied to it. It might might be tied for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, regardless of the fact, I'm, I've I've got you right off the rails here. Let's get you right back on. <laughs> I, I would like you to tell me what your favorite date on tour was in Europe. What was the best uh, best spot, best venue? Oh, uh, that's, a, that's a tough. We had some really good ones. I think my favorite show. I was following on social media, as I imagine many people were, and uh, some of the rooms are pretty unique in some uh, in their layout. And, and, oh, totally. And it was it was pretty cool. Again, not a not a typical North American style. Uh, what you would think when you think of like a, a venue sometimes, but at the same time, uh, sometimes more traditional. And uh, and what you were playing in, so maybe you could just kind of let me know well, what I mean, was your favorite. Well, there was my favorite would probably be just because a lot of the stuff that happened, and it was just a really cool night. Was in Amsterdam, we played this squat, and it was a student squat. Okay. And one thing that people should know if they don't, or like, is that in in Holland, there I guess this the the laws or the legalities regarding squatting uh, favor the squatter. So they do here in Canada as well. Do they as well? Yeah, yeah. but it, it see I think they're even more even more so in 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 Holland where really? okay. if 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 you have a building that isn't being used otherwise and people people take ownership or squat there. Mm-hmm. You can't kick them out unless you have something that you're going to do with it. Um <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> like if you if, if you have to you have to like set up shop or move people in like if it's just yours so you can't just evict them no even with uh say law enforcement uh no yeah no they they have like wow unless unless you are coming forth saying like if i owned if i owned an apartment and i wasn't living in it and you just you just jimmied the door moved in (laughs) and i said get out of my place yeah i own that you couldn't kick me out unless you were going to physically move in yourself Oh, wow. So we played actually two squats, um, and the second one was in Amsterdam. I, I might be wrong, actually. Okay, we may so, have played more squats. So the, these venues are, are to be clear, um, so they were empty at one point, and then whoever was promoting was like, let's just let's just use it for this. No one else yeah. is using it, and, yeah. and no one else can say anything, essentially. Is exactly. that what you're saying? Exactly. Wow. And the ones that we, the one that we played in Amsterdam actually they were trying to move them out and they were fighting tooth and nail to keep it. But they had sort of what they'd done these students had moved in um, and I think it had been formerly part of the university that wasn't being used and they'd moved in and they'd kind of made a bar slash semi not a restaurant but wow. like like a cafe where they could go to study and throw parties or fashion shows or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So we played it and it just it just packed up um and in the middle, before we played, or at some point, I saw this friend of mine who I'd made very recently in Amster- in Amsterdam, and she was there, and she's like, "Yeah, I I brought these musicians," and I and I go up and I I say hi, and they're like, and I'm like, "Where are you guys from?" They like, go oh, from the states. I said, oh yeah, are you on are you on tour too? And they're like, "Yeah, we're on tour." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh yeah, what are you guys called?" And they said, "Oh, we're we're, we're the Fray." And I said, "No, <laughs> like like there's a band called the Fray. What I must have misheard you. What's your band called?" And they said. We're the fray. He's like, oh, you don't know me. You <laughs> don't wear my chain. <laughs> but I was so, I was so embarrassed. Like, you know what I mean? I, I was all of a sudden I realized what I just said. And I sort of stopped. No shit. Yeah, yeah. And I, was, and I went straight to playing it cool. I was like, oh, You're yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I, I've, I've heard it. I've heard of you, yeah. you know? Maybe I've heard of you. And, um, <laughs> and it, was, it was one of those moments, you know, like they, they totally, they had, they had a night off in Amsterdam. They'd sat oh, down next to this girl. Who was a friend of mine, and, and all the members, all the members of the band, three of the members, not the lead singer. The, okay, the, but I met the songwriter and and the rest of the guys, and they were super sweet guys. Uh, they stuck around. They like they Instagrammed and tweeted and That's stuff. That's sweet, man. And That's it was just cool. like you're watching this 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 like photo on Instagram get like 450 likes in a second. You like, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah, like yeah. 500 retweets on Twitter, and you're like. Oh, that's that's pretty cool, and they were really supportive. And <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, and the vi- and the show is just the show is just a great show. Wow, that's yeah. super cool. That that's a that's a great uh, uh, bit of icing on top of that yeah. cake. And you know that's that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, 
what uh what was like uh maybe not i don't want to say the in contrast i don't want to say the worst show but like what was maybe a, a show that didn't go as well as maybe pre i pre-planned and pre-thought like um, where, where where did you guys kind of end up one night and go ah you know what this didn't maybe fit as well as we thought maybe next time Probably the word, yeah. Probably, I mean, what what I think you're describing was we we did play. Like, I think it was the only two shows were in um, in the Alps in France, sort of like quite actually closer to Switzerland than it is in, anywhere in France. Right. Uh, but it was in France in Chamonix, and we just played. We just played a pub, and the the owners were amazing. The staff was amazing. They they, they invited us for two nights. They put it us put us up in like oh, very not nice. a hotel, but like yeah. they had a room for us, and they they fed us for two days, and they paid us really well. But you know, sometimes you just play. Mm. Sometimes you just play in a bar, and the the patrons didn't expect you to be there. They don't really seem like they want you to be there, and they just like yelled over top of us the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was it was an experience because we'd been we'd grown a bit used to it and on the second night one of our one of our members uh got a little bit went a little bit crazy with the audience oh i see started yelling at the audience and tried to cut our set in half and at which point our tour manager came up and <laughs> said yeah you're being a little baby Ye- and a diva ah. and you're gonna finish the set i see so, so suck it up. Yeah. And then we were like, the rest of us were kind of like, yeah, like I don't give a shit if people are making sounds sometimes. Like I just love making music with you guys. Yeah. So fuck them. Who yeah. cares? Like, let's do what we do and yeah. I love it. And the people who are listening, like I said, the people who are listening are going to listen and the people who aren't, well, of course. And again, like you mentioned, and this is really important, uh, especially for people listening out there that are trying to break into the industry. Um, you never really know who you're affecting. You never know who whom you're going to be affecting and on what level or to what capacity. Um, you know, you can get hit up randomly uh, after putting out a song maybe that didn't get the reaction you thought it would. And you can get hit up randomly days, weeks, months, years sometimes later and someone say, hey, you know, I've been listening to this every single day. I like downloaded it. And so because there's not like active metrics for our, our, our audience or something to look at and be like, oh, look, 12 million views or 35 million views or, or it, because that view count doesn't go up or downloads don't go go up yeah people think whatever but it's like you don't know if that person downloaded it and then copied it and then gave it to 20 other friends yeah. or 100 you don't know you really lose track of it once it's out there it's out there and you, and you don't know who you're affecting and i also try to tell people i'm like okay so a video has like say one comment on it two comments um rather than being like oh only two people commented on it it's like the amount of people that take time to comment versus the amount of people that listen to it mm-hmm. and enjoy it, it's it's an astronomical ratio. There's, there's no way you could possibly quantify that. The, the amount of people that are like, okay, I'm going to take time out of my day after listening to it. So that just that is enough for most artists to be like, okay, thanks for acknowledging the, the, the work. But then, okay, you're going to comment on it. Now, if the comment's evil, that's like even more... I don't even know what the stat is on that, but if the comment's like generally positive, that represents to me like quite a large number of people because you're dealing with such a large, diverse base on the internet. It's a pretty pretty wide variety of, of personalities and cultures. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you just never really know who you're affecting. No. It, it's, uh, it's kind of something to keep with you. And you know what? We talked about the artist lifestyle earlier, and... We talked about this on the show quite a bit, uh, the, the theme on the show, you know. So I, I won't, I won't rehash it because I think we just did this a couple of weeks ago. But mm. uh, um, the artist lifestyle, being what it is, um, it's such a unique path. And I don't mean to say like it's more noble or more unique or more important. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's different. It's different than uh, plugging away at a uh, nine to five or ten to six or whatever regular a regular job essentially because your job your art is your job your career is based upon the idea that what happens in your career dramatically affects your life everywhere whereas like other people can work a job and that doesn't necessarily affect their whole life like yes it might affect them financially but like they can come home from their job and still have a pretty meaningful life and enjoy dinner and enjoy enjoy uh, maybe spending time with friends or video games or whatever like that. But sometimes as an artist, if you're having 
a bad art moment and you're not capable of really reasoning with yourself as to why something's not going the way you wanted it to or, or something is being perceived as happening wrong, mm-hmm. then suddenly everything stops and none of the gears turn and food you don't want to eat, you know, and it kind of it slides into depression-like syndrome and, and like the symptoms and you just kind of lose touch with uh, what I would say the more regular people within the population are dealing with because our highs and lows are so dramatic. It's it's the highest highs and the, the lowest depths. Like the mm-hmm. the the high we receive off of uh, like releasing music, say, or or you know, more relevant here. Okay, like being on tour and and engaging directly with listening fans, like mm-hmm. a, like an audience and a crowd, and just hearing feedback after a show. Like, hey, I've really enjoyed that. That was really good. I really, you know, I really appreciate that you you took the time to to talk to me after the show. I mean, for an artist to hear that is like, wow, that's so that's so good. Especially when it's like in a uh, a large capacity, like over and over again. Especially in a tour, you know, things are going well. You get it more consistently. But for that person that that says that to you. They go home and for the most part, they feel good about that for a while and they can like think of it. And like some people treasure those memories for like ever. Some of them will be like, mm-hmm. hey, that was, that was a beautiful time in my life. And they, they pin it to the wall in their memories and they go, yeah, that, that was an era. I love that. That was a good vibe. Whereas like we go, okay, tour is over and we're like, now what? And, yeah. you know, and that, that well that well dries up. No, I wouldn't I say quickly, but it, it definitely, it's not as sustainable as... Uh, someone who experienced it on the other side of the table. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I realized this tour, there was one point we were in a place called Breda in Holland Mm. and um, it was a house concert and it was a fairly large, you know, not industrial, but like imagine kind of... Yeah, paint this for me. Like (laughs) sort of uh, a a three-bedroom apartment that you would imagine in like gas town or cross town like sort of like big like concrete walls okay. but just like nice clean lines just fairly modern like okay. in that in that like probably made in the last 10 years kind of sense okay. and everything very angular but very beautiful and like very reverberant and we're playing and for the longest time i think when i first started making music when i first started stepping out and pl- playing in bands um, my music is is very emotional. And it, it's it comes from a dark place most of the time. Really, mm-hmm. I think I, I think I've gotten less and less angsty. I, but I, with you the, know, yeah, with the new album, I'd say less less uh, dark, less dark. Absolutely, yeah. with with sweet little fantasy. Absolutely. Yeah. So so like yeah. So we're saying like like the early stuff was really dark, and I just remember looking out into the audiences and kind of feeling as though I was putting weight on them like i would look out and i would just see faces that kind of just look back at me like, mm. well like, you know, a, like unloading burden essentially yeah you yeah. know what i mean like I, I felt like i was bringing them down oh. and a lot of the times people really wow. like the people who really loved it or the people who looked at like had the look on their face like they were just having the worst time and they would be the people who came up and be like wow that was amazing it's touching very touching yeah yeah, yeah. And, I, and i was like really you look like you're having the worst time of your life <laughs> And there was one there was one moment where I looked out in Breda when we were playing together and I just got the feeling I was like wow we are bringing so much light right now like right. so like like happiness mm-hmm. like our song I could just feel it and I could see it there was just joy in people everywhere like we were still playing sad songs but there was something and and the feedback after the show was that they're like right. it was just like that was special that was unique that that wow wow and that like, was like that yeah. was how does that we're feel always gonna remember that and that was like the best feeling ever because right. I, yeah. I don't think i'd ever really felt that sort of like i am bringing something like i'm feeding you like right. you know what i mean like i felt like i was they these people were hungry and i was feeding them with you know with art or music or whatever that was that's right and that felt that was probably one of the best feelings i've ever had on stage it's it's unreal how much the uh the perception of how the crowd's reacting to it can affect performance. And like, I mean, you know, I've had a lot of comedy, uh, comedians on the show recently and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the industry standard is to, you know, play to the crowd, but also, you know, trudge through and like, if they suck, then whatever, just do your time and let's do this, get off, you know? But um, in music, I mean, if someone's really not feeling uh, a set, and now present company excluded, obviously, 
Uh, <laughs> but if, if someone's not feeling a set, it, it's very, it can be very trying, especially in a, a uh, solo capacity. If you're the only one on stage and, and you know it, it, they're not feeling it, and suddenly you're not feeling it, it's like who is this performance for? Then you know, like you're, you're really trying. To, that's when you start. You got to dig deep. That's like some oh yeah, you know, first year kind of stuff. You you kind of figure out. A, 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 yeah, but I mean, I think I, I honestly I still go there. Like I still have, yeah. like, I still have times when I, when like the darkness just sort of creeps in, and you, I just feel like w- what I'm doing is just completely mindless. So like not mindless, but just like I just feel so lost. You know, I look yeah. out and, and I and I go exactly where you're describing, where I'm like, <laughs> I'm really not feeling it. They don't like me. What am I doing? Do I suck? You know what I mean? Mm, like it's like this. Yeah. It's like this this black hole you start like exactly. falling into. On the artist lifestyle that we're talking about. Yeah. We're so, even in the midst of a performance which is actually being received well, but the way you're perceiving the oh, crowd. Totally. Right? You know that's, what I'm saying? That, yeah. that's, those are the stupidest times when like right? when people are like, That was great and you're like you're like, oh I wanted geez. to shoot myself yeah. in the face. So when you're saying like you look at someone and and they might appear to be rather melancholy out there and then they come up to you after and they're like that was very touching i was i was so moved by that and mm-hmm. you're like you're like wow i i thought you maybe you know at first glance weren't enjoying it and they're like no 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 because i think maybe what your music does uh in particular is uh because it is so emotionally driven and because it has such uh such a capacity to kind of pull people to these places emotionally i think people kind of lose touch in a, in a performance aspect especially uh, I think they lose touch with the ability to control normal things like facial reaction and, and whatnot mm. because you're, I mean, you have some very powerful uh, pieces that, that you perform. Um, uh, in particular, I love Haunted by Love. Mm-hmm. Haunted by Love is a very, very beautiful piece. But if you are listening to that intently uh, or watching it live being performed, I don't think people would even remember to like, you know, kind of close their mouth. Like they stand there with their mouth, right? <laughs> and like drool. Right. And then for those of you at home that are like, who cares about that? Just try opening your mouth for five seconds right now and not care what people look at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? So like, this is what I'm trying to say. It can, it can kind of put you out of your boots, essentially. And, yeah. Um, but it, it's powerful that way. That's why I, I like about your writing. I like your music. And, and that's, that's a beautiful thing. It's, that's something to kind of take a grasp on. But again, as a performer, I can see, wow, that might be tough to kind of convince yourself if, you're, if you look at it in the crowd and it's like... Fully. You know, but I mean, I, you know, I mean that's definitely something I've learned. Like some, something, some things you have to continually remind yourself of that might be one of them, but I think that's one thing that I've come become comfortable with. Yeah. Or realize like, you know, I can stop myself right as I start going somewhere dark. I'm like, wait a second. No, mm. no. You've seen this before. <laughs> 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 they probably really are like, really like going somewhere like in their own, you know what I mean? That's Cause, right. Cause we start, we start importing meaning, I think in other people's songs okay we, yeah, so, you yeah, know what yeah. i mean like i'm listening to you what you're saying and and i immediately maybe start going to my life and i think that's one of the coolest things but i think a lot of people do that mm-hmm. is that they and they'll come up to you and they'll be like was this about this yeah exactly <laughs> and, and so when they're when they're horridly wrong you could almost be like so did you deal with that mm, yeah yeah <laughs> you yeah, know what i mean exactly. you must have had, tell me about your experience yeah. with that because that, that was oddly specific yeah you know? yeah something like that yeah exactly i i can definitely see that and i mean when when you put something out creatively it almost doesn't become yours anymore it's totally it, it's in a way i mean in a in a copyright way and in uh in many other creative common ways obviously but uh in a perception way the audience will pretty much own it the second it goes out i mean even this podcast let's say this comes out and people say uh i don't know whatever they say about my hosting style for this and they say hey you know what you didn't really let dom talk you didn't really <laughs> or something like that and i'd be like really you don't you know, think and then someone does the math and they're like well you only talked for this many minutes and he talked and, and it's like okay well when i put it out i didn't intend for you to break down the ratio of who was talking yeah. to what it was more like let's have a long forum conversation let's uh, chat i haven't seen uh, haven't seen you in a while my friend let's chat about this yeah yeah, yeah. it's still recording right oh yeah okay good <laughs> yeah. i just saw yeah, like this part oh yeah don't okay. worry oh, that's yeah, normal. i just wanted to check I'd... that's normal that's yep. uh that's a that was a good way to segue that thing too because I, I was going off the rails. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows why or what I went with that? Who knows? Going off the rails. All right, talk to me about this though. Uh, uh, new album came out this summer. You you uh, you've been touring it over in Europe. Obviously, we've been talking about that. But uh, sweet little fantasy. 
It does move away from more of the darker themes of uh, if uh, if this baby if could, baby could walk if baby could walk first, now, yeah yeah but I grammatically want to make it say if this baby could walk if but, this baby yeah yeah if baby could walk uh, being your your first solo release um, that was that was received so well critically especially you know we talked about. Uh, how the Peak Performance Project responded to your work, um, and and also winning individual awards from that. Uh, how was it moving into Sweet Little Fantasy? What what was the intentions with this record when you put it together? I mean, I think my intentions were like, I I, I just, you know I I'm always just trying to progress and get better and write mm-hmm. better songs and. And I, I, I started working with Warren Livesey, who's who became a very good friend of mine, who was my producer on the album. Um, Great work, by the way, fantastic. Yeah, he's he's yeah. amazing. I mean, he's yeah. he's he's the producer behind you know um, the Matthew Good Band and Midnight Oil yep, and absolutely. other things like the the, and um, has an amazing history. And and I really wanted to work with him for several reasons, mostly like partially because I just wanted to have you know a good time with a good friend. And create something with him, mm-hmm. and I knew that I knew that with his with his production skills and, and engineering, I knew that he could give me a world class sound. And yeah, I really wanted which to, it sounds like, by the way. Yeah, thank yeah. you. And I really, I really wanted to like, I just really wanted to make the next step, put out an uh, put out a, my first full length solo album, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and just reach a bigger audience. I think, um, I mean, obviously, you know. In, in an international sense, obviously a lot of those goals are being met, but, um, what, what would you say with, uh, the, the actual creating of the record? What, which was the, which was the most difficult song, uh, that, that you found creatively to kind of put together? Like what was, what was one song where, where it was like, wow, that was a bit of a trudge through some stuff, but, uh, it came together. Cause again, the, the themes of your, your songs are so, so deep and so emotionally driven. Yeah. Uh, I sometimes wonder about your process with that because, uh, you know, if you're incredibly happy making these pieces, but they're, they're darker and they're, they're say sadder, um, but you're happy making them. What were you ever sad at making them? Were uh, getting that out? Was it ever, uh, no, I mean, for, for me, for me, the, the saddest songs on the record, for instance, which I would I would say were there's a song called "The Saddest Thing," mm-hmm. and uh, "You Can't Leave Me." I think, in my opinion, those are the probably the saddest songs, along with "Hermit in the Park." Those those songs almost felt the most natural and like the best. Like I, I actually, the saddest thing, which is a very very dark song about something that happened in my life. Um, was like I would be dancing around in the studio like every time I was stoked every time we worked on it and <laughs> it was just like it just we, so much creative flow ha- occurred when we were making the song that like we didn't really know where we were going I had a piano part and I had a bit of a drum beat th- that I'd envisioned in my head and right. we just like it, it just happened so naturally and exploded and it was amazing and it's, it's probably the saddest song I've ever written whereas you know, like I think there's, I think for me, you know, when I'm there, that's when I'm in my wheelhouse because mm. <laughs> I have the most experience with right, just right, right, making right. like dreary, depressing shit. Whereas <laughs> it's funny hearing you label it like that because that's, I mean, I know what you're saying, but that's like yeah. that's not like how I perceive it. Yeah, I, yeah, you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean. But like it's just you know it's darker content. <laughs> Whereas when I wrote, like I think probably like the song like, and it's probably one of my favorite songs on the record, but Granville Bridge. I mean, I think I was. I was almost stonewalling it from the get-go because, like, I didn't think it was good enough, and and I didn't really like it, and 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 it was more the the, the band that I'd hired to do bed tracks and and Warren, who were like, no, no, you need the track. It's a great track. It's a great song. You got to yeah. you got to you got to you got to leave that song in there. Mm-hmm. And you know we you know I, every single step of the way I sing the vocal, I sing the background vocal. We get a guitar like player to come and do some more guitars. And, ah, ah. and now when I hear it, I'm like, like it, like it, it, the song kicks in. I'm like, oh, this is great. This is a, That's, it's, it's a good song. Yeah. But I think that one for me had a lot of I had a lot of doubts. Well, about it, I think that speaks more uh, maybe to the trust within your team that you built mm-hmm. within having uh, a production mind. 
that that is capable of saying like okay you know i understand how you're feeling right now creatively but let's put it in with the remainder of the tracks and see how it fits and then you see your your own reaction just now explaining it totally wow this is like actually fits this is like a good song yeah yeah i like i like to (coughs) when i make records i like to have something that i fight to get in there that like maybe they didn't believe like i feel like i feel like it's good like for instance sweet little fantasy was Mm -hmm. was originally like i gave warren like 30 or 40 songs and he gave me his his a list and his b list and and that song was always b list and actually a good mutual friend of ours sean burke who's my best friend oh yeah sean burke he was like you got him like when are you going to put that song on an album and I was like I really like it's like please put it on the record which is funny because it's the name of the album now Um, it's funny how the self-titled track was like a b-side at one point yeah and uh, and I remember just just fighting for it and being like no like sitting in a coffee shop being like you need to listen to it and and there's Warren pulls his iPhone up to his head listens to it and goes actually that is a good melody yeah okay I'm okay with that and I think I think I think probably Granville Bridge was one where I was kind of you know what I mean like yeah a little tip for tat yeah you know what exactly so I, I feel like and I think the same thing happened with Sean Cole where you know he fought for something and we we fought like the, there has to be kind of that like you're referring to working on uh, with the, the pain, pain of, birds. of birds yeah right, sorry yeah. with the pain of birds record yeah um, Sean Cole was just on the show here actually yeah so uh, a he produced weeks ago. yeah so he yeah. produced my first record with another band and there was the same thing where it was just like we fought hard for something that he didn't necessarily agree with right and he vice versa uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and I th- and I like that I like that you know that there that, that you, I feel like you're getting a bit of each each player right when you let right. that sort of occur and right. the same thing goes when you're playing with a band I think mm-hmm. oh of course you know I mean I always wonder that uh, dynamic of like say even a, a three-piece four-piece five-piece band like how everyone's voices are accurately reflected especially if songwriting is split evenly across mm-hmm. everyone i mean it's not always the case obviously like they're very famous pieces even uh you're just talking about meeting the fray overseas yeah. and uh you're like oh i met the songwriter and uh, the other guys you know so it's like it's not necessarily everyone has their their split or so so i would say maybe that person has more weight in what songs get placed yeah. but uh yeah it's always interesting that's why it's good to have a producer that's like hey you know totally that's good especially totally. it sounds like warren Sounds like it's good to have a producer who's like willing to also, you know, oh yeah, take the extra step and go. You know what? Actually, I may not have had the right call in that first one. And yeah, yeah exactly. And listen to the artist, and that's good. he's yeah. And I think yeah. I think he's he's great in that. Like some people, some people will just call you on stuff, but if you're willing and if you can put together an argument mm-hmm. and show them that you really believe something, he's that kind of person. He'll be like, okay, yeah, you you've thought about this. More than I thought go about going against it, and he'll let you win. He'll let you win that. He just wants. I think. I think you should do that with your friends and whoever you're working with all the time. It's like, well, prove it to me. <laughs> like you're not just holding this yeah, up because yeah, yeah. somebody else told you you should do that. Like, why? You Bring know, give me the why yeah. for what you're what you're wanting right now. Yeah, because most people you deal with, if they're just very impulsive, they'll be like, well, yeah, because that's the way I feel. And yeah, it's like okay, but it's like, well, that's what you feel today. That's right. That's or, exactly. Or, or like this hour. I've actually told artists that exact thing. I'm like, well, that's how you feel right now. Yeah. But I I've known you, or or I know the process enough that I think maybe in six months you won't feel that way. So let, let's let's plan for the future. You know, well, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. It's interesting. But it, regardless, uh, do you think you'd be okay if we switch gears here for a second? Let's switch gears. Maybe uh, do some listener interaction. Totally. Okay. Hang Love tight. To. So here we are at everyone's favorite segment on the show. Uh, if you've never played this, we're about to play Rapid Fire. Rapid Fire. Rapid Fire. So Rapid Fire, one of the best parts about this segment is that uh, all these questions are developed for you, Dominique Frico. You like that? I loved it. You like that? I love so it. all these are specifically designed for you, and the only rules of the game are you have to select one of the two options. Now, okay. very special for you in this Rapid Fire, there is one question that has three options. Oh, is it the Great. first time or is it like... I I, I think so. You've done it before. I might have been, I don't know. We're in the deep waters of episode 59. 59, you, you can hardly remember your past. Here we are at <laughs> episode I can't 59. Swim. I can't swim. You can't so, swim. So who knows, you know? Uh, okay, so uh, question the first here. Uh, rapid Fire. Uh, domestic or international crowds? Ooh. Now, don't um, alienate yourself, sir, with one or the other. International. International is just such a mixed bag. Like, it's I, 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 I've played 
in Canada a fair amount, and I love it. Right. Um, but I still don't. There's so many places where I, I just like the I have no idea what they're thinking and how <laughs> you like because you just have to compose yourself in different ways. You have to speak to audiences in different ways. You can be you can be like I was hilarious and amazing in London, and then I crossed the water and you know I went I went to Lida and they all spoke English but they just. Stared at hit. me blankly yeah. when I talked to them and told the exact same jokes. Banter just doesn't land yeah. the same way. So, right? I mean, I just like, I, I don't actually necessarily like the international audience more. I just like the challenge of like, okay, well, this is a new sport. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good answer. Thank By the you. way, I'm keeping score and you will be given the answer later. <laughs> Question the second. Thin or thick picks now right down to the millimeter would be bonus points i think i'm 45 wow like that's, somewhere in the middle i think that's rather thin 45 or 54 yeah am i dyslexic that's it's, pretty thin uh, do i have one on me i don't know do you they're uh because like a, a you know a base picks usually about like a mill uh, oh i do 1.5 I, I like these gray seven. ones that oh god oh that's gonna look terrible on camera <sighs> no it's perfect on camera <laughs> see let me see this was I completely wrong? Oh my God. Maybe it's 73. That's actually, If I hold it me, sideways, I can't even see it. Let me, let so me see <laughs> it. And that's a bit... No, that's actually pretty... That's a bit thin. So this is Jim Dunlop. And that's 60. Yeah. So actually, I think I'm more of like a... Is it 67 or 73? Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's thinner than you usually use. That's thinner. But okay. I mean, honestly, like... Yeah. Anyways, rapid fire. Go on. That's, nah. Hey, thank you for jumping in the spirit of the game. That's yeah. good. Okay. Uh, how about this one? Uh, best Radiohead album. Out of these two. Oh, fuck off. Out of these two. Okay, oh, of these two, okay. All right, hold on. Okay, computer. Uh-huh. Or kid A. I <laughs> like how you told me to fuck off. Well, <laughs> like, I thought you were going to make me pick my favorite Radiohead album, which I will not do. Yeah, that's, um, why, I, that's why I figured I'd, I don't know, it's rapid fire. I'd narrow yeah, it down yeah. to uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I I loved kid A. Kid A was the first Radiohead album that I got into, and uh Yeah. Yeah, I, I would pick Kid A. That's pretty awesome. I and actually, I do have a favorite Radiohead album. Do now. you? What is it? In Rainbows. Oh wow, the yeah. the free uh, the free one, right? Which, or well, not yeah, free. yeah, yeah. That that yeah. one, yeah, that was the first one they did. Like, Pay what in you that, want. In that method, I yeah. just, I just, I it's the one I come back to now because everything yeah. else is actually. I there was a time when I listened to the Radiohead all the time, mm-hmm. and now it's just it's just kind of heavy. I just, I just, I I leave kind of feeling a bit shittier if I listen to like. Okay, computer. I love it, but it's like you just kind of feel a bit, feel that weight that we were talking about. That's that, right. Like, yeah, the the emotionally driven yeah, weight. You're yeah, you're burdening me a bit here. Yeah, early in the podcast we talked about that. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny? Okay, computer for me was uh, a me. Like I like uh, you know exit music for a film. Oh, so good. Love that song, and uh, I love electioneering like so much. No yeah. surprises. It's probably like, one of my favorite radio. So songs. good, yeah. yeah. No, that, that I record, love that album. Honestly, that record has so many hits too. But that's true. Yeah. I just, I just, I if I'm going to pick an album, I'm going to pick today. Yeah, which I'm glad you kept to the rules of the game. Thank yeah. you, sir. Okay, and uh, next question: uh, vinyl or digital? Wow. Oh. Well, I mean, wrestling with morals here. It's context, really, but I, I'm gonna go with vinyl. Why is that? Why vinyl? Oh, it's just sexier. It just, it, you know, you hold a big record in your hands, and the artwork looks so so beautiful in that format. Yeah, and, I can see that. And uh, yeah, there's just there's this life to it, and there's life in a vinyl that there isn't in a digital. That being said, I don't at this moment I, I have vinyl, but I don't have a record player. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I guess like. Like I, I would almost say that in practice I'm more digital because it's just so easy and right. I don't have to carry digital around with no, me. No, but desires you want you want to like uh, that, and that that's that's the thing is that like making a record, yeah. like making a vinyl record is yeah. something I still have yet to do, mm-hmm. and that's when I feel like when I have a vinyl in my hands I'll feel like I've finally arrived. Yeah, I don't know if uh, you you relate to this, but like uh, for me it's more like if I can get into a record uh, easily via digitally. And it's it's good enough to make me want to buy it in vinyl. That's mm. what it's kind of. So it's like, yeah, I, I don't think I'd gamble on vinyl anymore. Like nowadays, I wouldn't just be like, hey, this looks cool, I'm gonna buy it. Totally. Like I won't just, you know, on album art or something like that. But if I can get into it digitally and be like, you know what, I want to own this on yeah. vinyl. Like that's like the next step purchase totally. essentially. Yeah. Um, okay. And final question. Now this is the special 
question with three oh, options. Okay. Now, present company excluded, okay? Let's be honest. <laughs> present company excluded. Best Canadian interviewer. Oh, God. <laughs> Nardwar, Ed the Sock, or George Shambalopoulos. Oh, wow. We, I, I noticed we, we left certain a certain someone out of this. Oh, that's odd. I wouldn't hey. have said yes to him anyways. That's a... Uh, um, that's right. No, I mean, these are obviously They're more, all great. These are all, they've all done musicians. That's why I kind of, you know. Well, but I mean, the, who Peter, I'm talking about did musicians too. You know who I'm talking about, right? Well, I, we're not, I, I didn't throw Peter Mansbridge in there or something like that, you know. <laughs> or the fifth estate. Not talking about that CBC interviewer. Oh, uh. Look, the, really, you didn't pick up on that? Well, yeah, like, well. Yeah, see, we, we don't need was, to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know if he was ever the best to me. That's all. Oh, okay, you know, okay. Like, like, oh. His biggest thing to date for me was that he uh, he made Billy Bob Thornton quit playing Canada, like his whole tour. He canceled his Canadian tour because of how was, he treated him in an interview. Well, that was really great. Well, so, I mean, well, how, at how, the time, how I, Canada responded to him after that. Right. That well, I, I actually thought uh, Gomeshi handled that well because he was like, well, how am I not going to talk about you being an actor? Oh yeah, and and he's just like, oh, I'm out of here. Like, just quit being a baby. Like we were talking, yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, the European thing. I like how he basically told them he wouldn't be on the show if that were the case. He's like, do you really think yeah. I would invite you on here if you were just a musician right now? Yeah, let's be you're honest. Nobody, let's nobody. Like honest. you're opening for Willie Nelson because you're Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, he's like. Either way, I disagree. Um, I have to pick <laughs> yeah. one. Oh, I like all those guys a lot. Yeah. I find I feel like Nardwar hits home like so well and that his research is so bang on. Let me ask on. you a question. Don, but he's, Don Freak. Don yeah, Freak. he's so annoying though. Like I, I would much rather watch Ed the Soccer Strombolopoulos. I have a lot of respect yeah. for Nardwar and I think he's in a lot of ways he is the best. Um, he's the most in-depth. Yeah. Like, he, he, no, I don't think anyone's touching him with like no, in-depth no. stuff. Yeah. I know, I know what you're saying. You, you he, that, and speaking of in-depth, that was the name of a 1957 film that your, your brother started. And yeah. you're just like, how did you even yeah. know that? That's crazy. He's really well-researched. but Really extremely well. But yeah. I think I think I like Strombolopoulos. I, I've, I've seen Strombolopoulos kind of like uh, even, shine the light on some pretty terrible well, artists. Uh, even now, <laughs> when he's usurped uh, Ron McLean on Saturday nights for hockey. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm still like kind of getting into like George running the show. That's weird. I haven't, I haven't actually. I, I don't watch been, hockey. Yeah, you, well, you've been on the road, and I've so, been on the road, so yeah. I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really pay attention to hockey. So I don't know. I don't know how he's things in that have role. changed in Canada since you left. Everything's up really? and down. Really? No kidding. Ron McLean is not. We just outed like we just outed <laughs> like our golden boy, and then we switched Strombo over to Hockey Night in Canada. That's right. Wow, things pretty, are. I don't know if I'm okay weird. with this. Yeah, and CBC might We're not even be old. a thing. Yeah, I feel like having like a like a 55 year old man like I can't believe where this country is going. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going to hell in a handbasket. Basket. You're fucking. You're hilarious. You're my favorite. Uh, <laughs> that was a great game. Uh, I'd score you. Uh, well, let's say uh, uh, a perfect score. Let's say, uh, let's say you got six out of five. Six out of five. Uh, Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, you stick around while we uh, do the next segment. Of course. Okay, hang tight. Hang tight. <laughs> And so this is the next segment of the show. Everyone else's favorite show, or part. I don't know. Favorite what I'm show. Favorite part of the Everyone's show. Everyone's favorite part. show. Show your parts to us. Yeah. That's Hi, what, yeah. I'm Jamie. I'm Hi. the host of your favorite show. That's pretty good, Jamie. That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is the listener interaction portion of the show, oh, and uh, we did receive some questions today. Uh, as we always do, Today. but uh, social media, yeah, that's, Great. that's. Why didn't I see the? Did you tweet with my name or did you just leave my at sign? Uh, I tweeted your name in there. Actually, uh, I one of these is from Twitter. Okay. So, so uh, yeah, I don't know. It gets around. Uh, I do have one question here for you. This is uh, this is via Facebook. Okay. Okay. Facebook direct message. It says, uh, Jamie, please ask Dom. Fave song, fat fav song, fav song, fav song on sweet little fantasy. Ooh. Oh my! Uh, my favorite song is is the saddest thing. The saddest. I thing. mentioned that. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier in the podcast. But yeah, the saddest thing, um, which is probably the saddest song I've ever written. I don't want to. I don't want to condense the story behind it to you. Yeah. But, but at the same time, can you maybe just give us some quick background? Uh, on, yeah, yes I can. Are you it, comfortable with that? Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean it's a pretty heavy song. I mean the song is very much about I'm I'm an orphan. Uh, both my parents have passed away. And the song sort of starts basically takes place around literally like the death of my father. Wow. So the moment in which I basically witnessed him have a heart attack. So How old were you when that happened? 
I was 16. Wow. Yeah. It's and, heavy. and, uh, yeah, it was a pretty heavy moment in my life that I, and I, and I'd written the poetry years ago, uh, that went with the song and, and, um, I'd always kind of had this vision of how I wanted the song to go and, mm-hmm. and it, it was like I said, it was just, we, we just put, we laid it down and it just, it just came together and it just like exploded into this kind of like it's kind of got like this dancey feel to it which is kind of weird okay yeah um not weird but like interesting it's kind of the, the stand aside mm-hmm. song on the on the record it just it has a very different sound to everything else that's uh that's very deep but it's it's pretty amazing that you're capable of sculpting all that emotion that feeling into a song though yeah like, that's pretty crazy yeah that's good i'm sure and that, that was a good answer i'm sure that would be <laughs> received well yeah uh Question the second. Yeah, (laughs) depending on how they feel. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Question the second. Uh, When are you coming back to Ontario? This came in via Twitter. Oh, I saw that one. I don't know. I don't. I I have no. It is not in. It's not. It's not in the books yet. Uh, Last this last year, I I told myself though that I wanted to to visit Toronto and play Toronto three times, and and I think that's kind of a good number. Is to and yeah, you 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 met that goal this year. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I went out in I went out in, in February and I spent a month touring around Ontario. I hit a bit bit of Quebec, right? Um, and then I went back for CMW or Canadian Music Community Week. Music Week, yeah. And then yeah. I went back again in August to play again. So oh, wow, okay. yeah, no, I've 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 sort of stuck to playing, and I want to keep that that sort of unless I'm living in 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 Germany, <laughs> <laughs> which is very possible as well. Possible, yes. Uh, let's see here. And last question. Uh, uh, That's all the audience wanted to interact with me? Come on. Whatever. I had to whittle them down and cut out all the dick jokes. Oh, the dick jokes. Man, yeah, they love my your dick jokes. audience and dick jokes. Just just rampant. I could tell. Uh, question the third here. Uh, uh, Dominique, which is, we talked about this weird, but uh, you like to be introduced as Dominique uh, Frico. Dominique Frico. Yeah. But then in conversation, you feel odd that someone would call you Dominique. So sort you, of, so I, like, like, I, it, it, it kind of reminds me that this person doesn't really know me. I'm like, oh, hey, hey, Dominique, Dominique, who has been the biggest influence in your musical career? Oh, you see, all of these questions are all like kind of stock questions, like because yeah. the, the listeners are like, what, what should I ask? And then they think mm-hmm. of like what they hear on TV as questions. And my questions, you are like, you were so, you were so unique. Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you even ask me any questions? I just felt like you had listened to you talk for an hour. Yeah. I was just, uh, oh God. <laughs> no, uh, my Smash my biggest musical influence. I feel like I thought about the answer to this question the other day. Yeah, uh, I think it said in your in your musical career. Yeah, biggest influence in your musical career. My musical career. Hmm. Oh man! Oh, that's just so hard. I mean, mm. I, if I choose anybody, then I feel like I'm I'm not paying homage to all the people who, you know, who who have had an amazing effect. Yeah, and I mean, I think most people, though, if they've had a dramatic impact on your life, they either are probably aware of it, or probably possess the social grace in which to say like okay totally yeah, yeah, yeah they, they yeah, wouldn't yeah. feel taken aback by someone yeah. else saying it but like yeah, yeah. yeah he's just saying this on the intergalactic show with jamie Jones. <laughs> yeah yeah um <laughs> um i'll be like hi mom hi mom <laughs> hey yeah, mom yeah, yeah. okay let's think here just give me a couple seconds i need to because i, I want to give a good answer for this yeah. but uh, while you uh, stall for time, I'll tell a little side story about Dom, and then he can think about it. Okay, okay, okay. give you a few seconds S- here. Side story, but I'm gonna uh, be listening to the side one of story. Our, one of our, yeah, one of our, jeez, jeez, uh, one of our very first interactions ever, I think, was way back in the days of MySpace, like eight, nine wow. years ago, and uh, I wow. received a message uh, from a, a, a talented songwriter for the Painted Birds, and uh, uh, it said. Uh, Hey, MD, I'm uh, listening to your music right now playing Call of Duty or something like that. Or something oh, like would, that. That, would that have been me or would that have been Sean? I'm not sure, but... Because uh, I, I would never play Call of Duty. No, right? That's what so I So that would be Sean. Sean Burke? Yeah. Drummer? But I... Oh, no, drum- the, bass player. Bass player. Bass player. Sean, Sean plays drums too, though, doesn't he? No. Not at all? No. Not even like... Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I think I think he can I think he can hack through something. Oh, okay, 
But um, he's actually probably one person that I would say that I, I, I'm just going to throw it out there because we wrote together, um, you know, when we started the Painted Birds, uh, we had we had played music in high school together. We'd written an album, you know, when we were in grade eleven and twelve, and and uh, a few years later, I, I decided I wanted to be become a music. I wanted to become a musician. I wanted to do this full on. Mm-hmm. I'd kind of been like, you know, dipped my toes in for a long time. And I called Sean. He was the first person when I wanted to do. I was like, we need to do this. Let's, you know, yeah, let, yeah. let's 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 make let's start a project and and just make music that we love and just change the world. Wow, that's cool. And we just started, you know, we started working together full on. We started writing and, and uh, we had this goal. He, he got there in the fall of 2005 and, and uh, we're like, okay, we want to write 30 songs by March. Wow. And we did it. We wrote, you know, we finished 30 songs and it was just like, you know, we'd get together for, we'd book times. We'd book three days a week of four hour slots or three hour slots when we weren't, when I wasn't at school or he wasn't at work and we would just write, write and right. hammer, yeah, hammer yeah. at home. Yeah. And uh, and I learned a lot from him, and he's and he's my best friend. And um, and uh, every time I make something or write something, he's probably the first ears that it, that wow. I presented to, and and he gives me his two cents, and it's always it's always cold and honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's the best kind of friendship. You know what I mean? No, but it's just like he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't beat around the bush with me. Yeah. And, and nor should he. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I don't want my best friends to do that. And they never do. Fuck. They never do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> even to like even, a, even sometimes when I'm just like okay yeah. can I get a little bit of support before you give me the hard <laughs> the stuff the contrast yeah and uh, yeah I think I think through just writing together and him teaching me his tricks and, and bouncing ideas off each other and, and always being that first set of ears that I, I show stuff to yeah I'd say I'd say he's probably my number one that, uh, that sounds like a great answer to me thank you that was a way to tie that in see that I was helping you out a little bit. Yeah, you were. Was that? Was it? Were you? Was that? Were you directing? That was uh, tape to tape. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. I've always liked Sean. He's always. uh, He's always been a nice guy to me. And yeah. uh, Yeah. Great. Great dude. Um, Okay. Hey. That was that. Enjoy. You're gonna stick around while we wrap the show. Great. Yeah. Totally. You're not gonna leave. No. No. I got nowhere to be (laughs) for another two hours or three hours or something. So yeah. All right. Anti. So thank you very much for uh, playing that game. Jeff, fun playing uh, listener interaction. I loved it. Rapid fire. Did it not just warm your heart? It did. In the, it in did. The, in the deepest recesses? It, it did. It reminded me that there are plenty great interviewers that are Canadian still. That's right. Even though we may have lost one. Lost. You lost one. One. Uh, I mean, it's possible that he could have a rebirth. Let's, you know. I hope not. Is it? Okay. <laughs> All right. Good night, everyone. Just like immediately leave. <laughs> okay. Uh, the door's shut. So yeah. here we go. Uh, I really appreciate you, though making time to come down here and uh, uh, just you know spend some time here. I, I know um, you've uh, kind of been recalibrating yourself to North American lifestyle after being on the road for so long for a little bit. Yeah, it's been good. But uh, I appreciate you coming down here. Um, if people want to follow Dominic, you can follow him online at uh, dominicfrico.com. And uh, all these links will be uh, listed in the episode information if you guys want to check it out. Uh, you can also follow him on Instagram and Twitter, Uniform, exact same name, uh, Dominic Frico. But just like that. you get, That's easy. You know, I got I got guys coming in here. I had Jesse Daniel last week. Is like uh-huh. different numbers at the end of his name. And I was like, yeah, you got to uniform that shit. That's One, two, three, <laughs> six, seven, nine. <laughs> well, the hard part about my name is that most people can't spell my name if they heard it. That's, well, that's like true. Dominique, D-O-M-A-N-E-E-K. That's right. <laughs> no. It's the, a, the hard part is Frico is F R I C O T. T is silent. Yeah, let's be clear that it's not Fricot. Yes. Although you, I mean, even the best have even the have, best even the best <laughs> have made these mistakes. You know? Oh yes, the best uh, or the perceived as which. Simply, let's slow it down. Hey, listen, uh, ladies and gentlemen out there, if you want to watch uh, or listen to past episodes of Intergalactic Interviews or find out what we're going to be doing next, you can always do so at the website of intergalacticinterviews.com. I felt weird saying it like that. Uh, intergalacticinterviews.com. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at MD underscore Boomsday and also Uniform on Instagram. Same thing, at MD underscore Boomsday. Uh, if you have any thoughts or concerns about the show uh, or you'd like to know uh, the location of a Swiss Alp uh, venue that serves you smorgasbords of food, that's fantastic. Uh, you can also give us an email at jayme at amprecordsco.com. Maybe don't talk to me about that because I probably actually don't have the information. Might have to forward you on. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, other than that, 
we really appreciate you listening. And we, uh, as you can hear, the music kicking in. Right, Dom? Oh, uh, that sounds sweet. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just mm. wanted you guys to know you guys should go out there and you guys should purchase Sweet Little Fantasy. It's a fantastic little album. Hey, you like that? Little, I did. Thank you. Thank you there. for. Thank you for. Yeah. Thank you. What are you still processing something there? What's going on? No. 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 I just when people when people compliment me like that, I just I just start glazing. Going, yeah, glazing. You're like it's funny he didn't look like he was enjoying it when he said it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. I was just glazing. Why don't you say uh, goodbye to these beautiful people? Uh, thank you for uh, listening, and it's just been my pleasure. And oh yeah, I'll and, be playing uh, next week. That's right. You playing the Great Cup? I'm playing Great Cup Festival with some great acts on uh, November 27th. I'll be opening up for Delhi to Dublin. And uh, also on the bill will be uh, Willa. Oh, wow. And Jordan Classic. Look at this. Man, you got a fantastic group of people there. Okay, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, check out Dominique Frico. Let's do this. Talk to you guys soon. Later. Later.